Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight talking and no-nonsense approach. So if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Very pleased to be joined by Matt Tristram, who runs Loans Warehouse. Can you just put your logo up there, Matt? Let's have a look at the logo on the T-shirt there, please. T-shirt. Looking very good. There it is, Loans okay. Warehouse. Uh, we're talking to Matt. Matt I, Matt and I have only really met during lockdown. We've never taken ale or wine, which will come one day. But uh, in terms of today's discussion, what we're talking about is uh, how Matt has been affected in terms of his business. Matt is a doer. He's out there. The reward winners in terms of what they do, multi-award winners. He showed us yesterday his pile of pile of trophies, and uh, he he gets on with it. He's quite forthright in his views, which is what we're about. And also, he's done it before, but he's in in the middle of a, a major charity fundraiser, which uh, I'm involved in. But Matt will tell us a little bit more at the end. If you can see your way to throwing a bit of money at that fundraiser, and that'd be good. As I was saying to Matt the other day, you've got nothing else to spend the bloody thing on. So you might as well give a little bit to charity, and that'll be really good. So welcome, Matt. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Good, sir. Good, sir. So tell us a bit about Loans Warehouse, Matt, and the sort of products that you provide, if you would, please, to start with. So Loans Warehouse is an established loan broker. Um, we started started running we started originally as a secured loan brokerage although with many secured loan brokers you often do personal loans side by side um, and over the last six or seven years we've also done bridging finance so we do second charges personal loans and bridging loans and we as well as taking our own inquiries we work alongside a lot of mortgage brokers who have inquiries where a mortgage isn't suitable, so they will refer to us. And we work with a lot of aggregator sites and online um, comparison sites who offer our products and we provide the fulfillment, whether that's an automated fulfillment with personal loans or a more manual one where you have a qualified advisor with bridging finance and second charges. Very good. Complete elevator pitch there. Excellent. If people wanted to look at fundraising and they wanted to come to you, is it, it just go to your website and follow the follow the way through, or do they lift yeah, the phone? Absolutely. Um, we have one single office or one team. Um, our telephone number is on the website, and anyone who wants to talk to us, whether if that's a if it's a customer who wants a loan, they just phone up and say, "I'd like to apply for a loan," and they can talk through to one of our team, or if it is a mortgage broker, they phone up and say, look, I'm a broker and I have a client, I'd like to discuss a loan option with you. And away they go. One thing I would say about Matt, I'm sort of talking to our audience as such, but you don't get slow notes. They've got their in-house underwriters, not selling anything here, but very often you go to some organisations and try and hook you in, take you down a certain path, etc. You don't get any BS at uh, Loans Warehouse. They, they drive you down a certain road and, and they will find a product to fit if they can. Yes. Obviously, if, it, if, it, if there's some adverse part to it, obviously that attracts a certain type of cost. But as we said earlier in the in the webinar there, we've got a very strange recession coming. Assets are out there are plenty and uh, creditors and or pressing uh, uh, loan, loan, loan companies and the like will look to enforce their security. So you've got to be very careful and release cash. And that's what Matt's about. So Matt, in terms of lockdown three, and lockdown one, how has that changed your business as you've gone through and, and your, your mindset, if you like? You know, we, 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 for instance, had a plan ready to start the new year, but then obviously the new variant came in down to lockdown three, the movie. And so we have to change again. What about what? How is it affecting you there? 
I think every day there's a different, I'm not going to say hurdle, I'm just going to say challenge. There's a different challenge every day and the reality of it, as tough as it may be, and some days it feels relentless, is that you just have to keep going. Every day there will be something different, whether that's an individual, whether it's a lender. But overall at the moment, I believe we sit in a hell of a lot better position than we did in lockdown one. Just very briefly, lockdown one had a huge amount of uncertainty around it. You know, none of us have ever seen anything like this before. And the second charge market and the personal loan market and the bridging loan market were all heavily affected for various different reasons. Um, lockdown two was different. The biggest difference is because of the schools that stayed open, which allowed people to work because the majority of people have adapted and a lot of businesses have adapted. Lockdown three, I know a lot of people said, oh, we knew it was coming. I, I, I didn't think there was a third full lockdown coming as they are. Um, we had great plans. Um, we do have great plans for 2021. January, the first quarter of the year, is always very busy for people applying for loans. Everyone has New Year's resolutions. They reflect. They look at debt. They mm -hmm. go, you know, I want a better way to do it. And for as long as I can remember now, January has actually been the busiest month of the year for new inquiries. Um, we're in a bit of an unknown. We are very, we're lucky enough to be very busy. We did a lot of work. During the first lockdown, we used that time well to speak to a lot of new partners who now use us for their loan inquiries. Um, we had lots of people trial us in Q3 and Q4, and it was very successful. And the market, secondly, the second charge market and the bridging markets recovered, I'd say quite quickly in Q, at the end of Q3 and Q4. And that is continuing. Both markets are releasing updates on a daily basis of lenders that are improving their products, returning to pre-pandemic levels of Good. growth and products and equity. And I suppose the biggest overall difference that's causing that is there isn't uncertainty now. Yes, we're in a difficult period, but there is vaccinations being rolled out. I've, you know, yeah. websites and you can see the numbers that are going every second it's going up. And you know, if you ignore the, what the end is in sight, we don't know where it is, but the end the end is in sight. So we, yeah, we, again, when you said about lockdown one, when we first spoke, no one had a notion where it was going. Yeah, we all so thought, how, how are the lenders? How are the lenders, Matt? What are they? What are they? I mean, obviously, lockdown one, they would have been sat there, same with everybody else wondering what was going on. Are they relatively confident going forward in the lenders you deal with? Yes, there's a smaller pool of lenders who are active at the moment. There's still a few that are very reserved at the moment. But yep. the, there are, for every one that is being reserved, there's another that's seeing this as an opportunity. The shift in power, if you like, if that's a, a, an appropriate phrase to use in the seconds market, has definitely changed. Optimum for us still sit at the okay. top. Um, but Oplo, who used to be called First Stop, forgot their name for a second there, First Stop, um, have certainly leapt ahead of the majority of the competition. They are, without a doubt, the fastest growing second charge lender in the country. UTB have made great strides during the pandemic. Um, so, you know, the market at the moment you could, is condensed, but on an almost daily basis, we're seeing improvements. Yeah, yesterday we saw Equifinance, a lender that we've dealt with for many years, very successfully uh, reproduce um, or re-release a range of plus products, as they call them, which is for customers with slightly less equity. Um, but that's great. It's another higher LTV product. 
Um, Oplo have reduced rates this week. Optimum last month made a massive change to their scorecard and their rate. Everything we're seeing from second charge lenders is positive. Similar in the bridging market, MT Finance, who are mentioned on our shirts. I keep, I'm re- reflecting, so I keep pointing to the wrong side. Um, <laughs> they today have reduced rates, increased uh, LTV. I've just seen a press release on that. Hope Capital did have in, put some improved products out there. It, it, it's it's that really a lot, lot of action. Yeah, there's a lot of action. Yeah, when you're going, in- oh, but in the background, because obviously all this is secured lending, okay. And then, uh, how do you see it, or how are lenders seeing it, and valuers? Obviously, you deal with them day in day out. Have you got any sort of thoughts and views on that where the property market's going to go? We've got Rishi ending, so supposedly ending stamp duty uh, at the end of March, and there's been a big dash. Obviously, no matter what what anybody says in terms of going on the property, do you see any correction or? Um, what the government are going to do, I don't know, uh, from my point. I, I hear a lot of noise. Some people saying they'll extend it, some don't. Uh, what I know is what there is at the moment, that we are not seeing any impact on valuations at the moment. A, surveyors are able to still work. They were one of the groups of people that were allowed by Boris from the new lockdown to continue going because the property market, they want to continue. And on the whole, surveyors have kept working and they, you know, will be walking into houses, taking the precautions and, you know, should get a mention for that. But they are, we are not seeing properties overall downvalued as a result of the pandemic as it stands. There is still massive demand as reported by Zoopla and any other property website. Mm-hmm. Valuations are coming in without a great effect. Um, and, you know, that's how we see it at the moment. My personal opinion, I don't see a massive crash. There is pent-up aggression at almost everything. Um, yes, standard. Is that region is that across the regions though, Matt? Because obviously you're you're Watford based there within the M25. Just, do, regionally, is there any change or no? Well, like we're not we're not seeing oh, we, we can only go on, you know, I I can read something and quote what I've read, or I can I can look to property different value. So loans warehouse deals in England, Scotland, Wales, and a little bit in Northern Ireland. Um, but certainly England, Scotland, and Wales, we aren't seeing massive regional differences. The odd comment, you know, you speak to someone, oh, we haven't seen this uptake, but we aren't, we're certainly not seeing a dip. We're not seeing um, as a trend valuations coming in lower. There's sort of caveats on valuations, but you know, in, in valuations terms, we are not seeing that the pandemic, there isn't a decrease in demand at the moment. Now, yes, that might change whether at whatever point the stamp duty changes, but will that just suddenly come thundering down? I doubt it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but there will be people that, you know, when it first stops, there'll be people that just must out that will still want to complete. So that yeah. there is people that have got interested again. You know, at the end of the day, people are buying properties to rent and move or stuff like that or, or rent them and make money out of them. They're making money out of them, so they'll keep doing it. The market is generating, the market is moving, and people aren't, you know, they're sitting on capital, they're sitting on money. Um, There's money around, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. This isn't like the recessions that we saw, the credit crunch or stuff like that. No. But there's a lot of money, there's a lot of liquidity, there's just a very strange time. Um, so my personal opinion is I don't see a massive crash, and I, God, I hope saying it out loud, I haven't jinxed it, but... You know, there'll be a few bumps along this year, but I've got huge expectations for this year because mm-hmm. everybody is pulling in the same direction. Everyone wants to achieve yeah. There yeah. is a boom and bloom. So, that, you know, that's what I've seen. And I've seen nothing to the contrary of that. 
Very good. Very good. Right. A bit of a personal question, right? Not, not that sort of personal, but in terms of lockdown one and lockdown, th- lockdown three, okay? What have you what have you learned, not necessarily about yourself, you know, not contemplating that, but about you and your business? How, how has it sort of affected you in that sort of period? Right. As an overall of the business, the biggest change is the children being at home because people don't have time. Uh, a lot yeah. of what we do in our business involves someone being on the other end of the phone or someone having availability for evaluation. We are seeing valuations are taking longer at the moment because of that increased demand, another sign. Mm-hmm. We are, people have, it's not so much less time to talk, but well, I suppose it is less time because homeschooling, you know, I homeschooling is, it's going to sound ridiculous, one of the biggest challenges I think most, most adults will ever face. Yeah. It is impossible to do your job. My job is a full-time job. I get into work at eight o'clock most mornings. I leave at six and I don't very often switch off. I'm still replying to emails, answering questions, taking messages from staff, you know, something like that. You don't switch off. Now add in six hours a day where you are supposed to sit and educate your child, which I appreciate is important, hugely important. But when your child is sitting in a classroom of 30, I have a six-year-old, so I'm basing on that. When your child sits in a classroom of 30 people, a teacher has control because they're in charge overall and a child looks, you know, and sees everyone else doing it and doesn't want to stand out. So they have almost a bit of a herd mentality that overall means they can maintain control. If I say to my six-year-old, right, I want you to sit in front of your computer with a um, with Zoom on and listen to the teacher in the class there, there's a huge nervousness. She doesn't have the attention span to do it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know the stuff. Teachers study. You know, I'm pretty sure all teachers are qualified to do what they do. And parents aren't. I'm not a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, in all my things in business, it's been said many, many times, my good, my bad, my bad, I'm a bad teacher. But it's it's just impossible. So that's affecting people's mindset and stuff like that. Overall of what I've learned... But you, you as a business, how have you changed, Matt? As a business, how have you changed? We've just had... Oh, what, what have you learned about the business? Of, uh, what, yeah. as in dealing with people or... You know, no, across the board, just you, just you as a business. How, I mean, you've got, you, like you, I think you mentioned earlier, you've got to be able to, like you said, react. You've got to be ready to change very quickly, and it's those sort of things. If you've got to stay business, if you're a if you're a corner shop there, and that's all you do, and not not in food stuffs, but just a normal retailer, you know, and you don't change, you're in trouble. Yeah. And the, the thing is, you can, up to my mind, you can change quite quickly for for the good as well. So yeah. we, 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 we change our model. I think we would have changed our model quarterly through 2020 and then most likely this first quarter, definitely. It depends what you consider changing your model. And I'm, I actually slightly, whereas everyone talks about adapting and stuff like that, uh-huh. we are very good at completing secured loans. We are very good at computing bridging loans and we have very good technology from completing personal loans. I do not know how to do commercial finance, debt management, any other type of things. And if I go into that arena, I've always thought that I'm no better than anyone else. I have nothing that makes me stand out about anyone else. So how will I succeed? And yes, of course I can learn. But we've what we've done through this, this whole pandemic is we have pretty much stuck to what we've done. We've made improvements. We've got better. When I say we've adapted, we've seen this problem and we found a solution for it. We maintain fantastic relationships. It brings you together. Whether that mm-hmm. means lenders in a field all lenders and brokers, you talk a lot more. You know, that sort of battle and competition is still there, but it it softens the edges and you work together. Yeah. Of your staff, you can't sit and dictate in a period like this. You have to listen. You have to work together. And you do build a team mentality. You yeah. Know, our business, there are businesses around us in the same sector, in the same area that have made huge redundancies. 
we are very lucky that we haven't found ourselves in that position because whatever the reason be, maybe we worked harder, maybe we're leaner, um, maybe we made some decisions that were better by luck or by good judgment than others. So what we've got is a group of people that are here that have extra faith in Sam and I as leaders of this business that we will get through it. They're not going to be made redundant because they all know people that have. And that builds unity. Yeah. Unity puts you together and you work better and you work harder. And my secret to getting through um, this pandemic is nothing revolutionary. It's just very hard work, no quit, what you're good at, do more of it, listen to people and try to work with people and find solutions. It's as simple as that. I, I am, you're never going to hear one day that Matt Tristram suddenly does something different because there was a credit crunch recession. This is what we do and we adapt how we do it, but yeah. I'm suddenly going to do Absolutely. something because I don't know how to do it. I'll be no better at anyone else. Massive thing, massive, massively agree with you on the team ethic. It's a thing I always push prior, prior to uh, prior to the pandemic. Team ethic is everything. Which this is this sounds nearly sound like a good interview. Moving on smoothly, Mr. Tristan, into Team Hope and the charity. You do, if anybody doesn't know about this, Matt is all over social media in terms of a great fundraiser he and Loans Warehouse have taken. And it's not a, it's not a begging bowl, but if you can contribute, there will be a link sent through later. And Matt's Matt's come up. Matt Matt and I'm of a certain age. Matt is a uh, not kind of be not rude, but not quite a natural athlete. Yeah, but no, we've said, Matt Matt's, Matt's set up this brilliant charity, and it's absolutely flying. Uh, sorry, this charity fundraiser. So, Matt, tell us about that if you would. Give us a, you've got you've got a two minute two minute okay. elevator pitch on the charity. Every every December you have a lot of excess. You have a lot of fun and you eat too much. Every January everyone makes up things. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do it. So a couple of years ago we came up with an idea where we put a running machine in the office, drew a map, and we ran from here to Timbuktu and got sponsors for it. First year we did it for the dogs' home. Last year we did it for three children's hospitals. And then we can't put a running machine in our office at the moment for obvious reasons. So we thought, right, okay, we'll go out and we'll run the streets. There's lots of apps like Strava. And there is a charity in Watford called New Hope. And New Hope helps homeless people around um, Hertfordshire. Looking out of your window there, Terry, I appreciate you're not based in Hertfordshire. Look how cold it is. Of all the things in all the world at the moment going on, I would not want to be adding to it by having to sleep in a corner somewhere. Um, so New Hope was the most, was the, had the biggest local presence and we thought that was the best way we can hope. So it started off with 20 of us from Loans Warehouse that said we would run the equivalent of a marathon in January. I couldn't run a marathon on its own and my life depended on it. 26 point miles is practically a mile a day for most of us, which I am not used to running. It is snowing, it is raining. So we go out every evening and we put a mile in and over the month, we've agreed it. That then expanded. We now have 120 people across the finance industry, including yourself, who have all taken part and are all going out, tracking their miles to run 26.2 miles in January to raise money for New Hope. Our target is 15,000. That target has been set because New Hope said that was their target of corporate fundraising for the year. So we want to smash that in the first month and in the coldest month, one of the coldest months of the year, give them money that can be raised. And you can donate to that and sponsor the people by the Virgin Money link, which I believe Terry is going to put as part of this podcast. Yep. We we're at about 9,000. We will hit 15. We will go beyond it. But it's more the fact that there's 120 people that have all joined in and all run in the streets in no matter what weather. And there are a lot of them that are running in weather like we see out of your window. 
Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's pretty good. Great pitch, great pitch, and it's it's, it's really good. And Matt, Matt's got his everybody enthused, and especially this time of the year. Uh, yesterday we were talking and commented on one of my speeds and suggested that I, may, I was going that slow. I may have been loitering. <laughs> I, I call it that. That was like a bit of an incentive. I went out last night, and I think Mo Farah might struggle to keep up with me last night. I fairly tore around town, well, but it's a brilliant thing. We're just going to send a link. If you can, just put a five or a tenner onto it. That's good. Anything you can do would be great. More, more. You know, obviously anything's welcome, but it is so so worthwhile. As, and especially small charities as well. We work uh, we work extensively with the NSPCC, but small charities as well because they're all getting walloped. It's not it's not a not a soft soap thing. We're, we're commercially minded people. Every now and again, you want to do the right thing. And then Matt, you've brilliantly applied commerce to it. So well done, you. More power to your elbow, sir. Thank you, right, sir. that'll do us, Matt. Thanks for your time. We're best going to do a bit of work. Excellent. I'm going to go out and build a snowman, and I'll speak to you soon. Look after yourself, Thank mate. You. Thank you very much, Terry. Always good to chat. Thanks, Matt. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.